When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Celtic against Rangers in the last 16 of the Scottish Cup at Ibrooks. Basically, there is little point in waffling on with some long-winded intro because this sort of game doesn't need one. So, on the record Celtic podcast this week, straight to business. No small talk, straight to Parkhead legend Chris Sutton and uh, Daily Record legend Michael Gannon. Boys, how are we? Yeah, very well, thanks. Bit, bit of a lazy opening there, Swanee. You've been good this season, but you Getting near the end of the season, you've sort of chucked it there, haven't you? I just I, I, the size of the game, Chris, does it doesn't need any long-winded waffle from me. Mm. Well, I'll leave that to you. How are you, Mike? Not too bad, Christopher. Thank you very much. Looking forward to the weekend. Should be a cracker. Mm. Good. Ask the, ask the gardener to keep it quiet out the back, Michael. So I've, I've asked him. He's, he's, he's taking a break. It's a big job out there, so he's, he's taking, taking a little break. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Managed to fit those three leaves into the cigarette packet, don't they? <laughs> okay, boys. Enough of this small chat. That we said we weren't going to have Chris. Massive game on Sunday at Ibrox for Celtic. Last chance of any silverware for this particular season goes on to the line how do you assess the game ahead um well i think it's a it's a you know big game for for both teams but um massive for celtic in terms of a, a bit of pride this season has been uh, a disaster so far hasn't it the league done and dusted so early um and it's up to to john kennedy's team to to go out and uh and put one on Rangers here. I think it's a very, very difficult one to call. Um, you know, it has been job done for Rangers. And while Steven Gerrard talks about the team wanting to win the cup, and uh, and I'm sure they will be motivated. Their motivation really now is to rub Celtic's noses right in it. But from Celtic's point of view, it's uh, it's win at all costs. And, and Scott Brown, that will be. Uh, well, that will be his. Is it? Will it be his last game at Ibrox? Now, yeah. last cup tie at Ibrox. Last cup tie. There we go. Yeah, thanks for yeah. putting me right on that. His last cup tie right. at Ibrox. You know, nothing lazy, better Chris, lazy. for him. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, not, nothing better uh, than for him to to finish. Uh, you know, a cup tie on a high uh, by by beating his greatest rivals. Michael, there's been a lot of uh, discussion uh, through the season about the Celtic record against Rangers this season. Not so good. Various opinions on the performance levels. A lot of people think that Celtic were the better team in the last two games, despite winning any of, despite not winning any of them. I should say. Um, do you think that Celtic are on an upward curve going into the game after the performance last week against Livingston? Well, I think they're certainly in better shape than they might have been at certain points of the season. Um, Listen, I think I think the pressure's on Rangers this weekend. Really, I think this is this is a Celtic team that come on, Mick. No, I do. I think Rangers are are, 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 well, are, play, Ra- are Rangers. Rangers have won the league at a canter. What tw- 
20 odd points clear of, yeah, of Celtic, should, whatever, it, whatever it is. They, they and there's more be, pressure on Rangers. The pressure yeah, is on Rangers because, to win the league. Yeah, no, I totally get that. Yeah, but they're, 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 what they're viewed as a superior team. It's a Celtic team that's getting dismantled in the summer. Well, not, well, John, not, not, John, Kennedy, John Kennedy doesn't think they're a superior team, does he? Well, well, the stats don't lie, but this is a Celtic team that's getting dismantled in the summer. They haven't got a manager. So they haven't got a manager just now. So Celtic, it's a free punch, I think. This is a kind of... Um, oh, come on. Almost Nick. a free shot. I think the pressure's on Rangers. If Rangers There's lose, thing, if Rangers lose this cup tie, if Rangers lose this cup tie, it'd be a massive blow to Rangers. It'd be an embarrassment no, to Rangers. No, but don't don't be ridiculous. The embarrassment Celtic has are, been Celtic are twenty points behind, but no manager. Yeah, but the embarrassment has been on Celtic. Uh, uh, no, I get that. But in this in this fixture this weekend, Celtic are twenty points behind, haven't beat Rangers for mm. over a year, and have no manager. If it's not, if it's about as close to... Well, look at the bookies. Who, who the bookies got as favourites? Oh, and do you know, that's always your out, isn't it? You always go back to the bookies, don't you? That's always your throwaway. I don't, I don't follow the odds, Mick. But, <laughs> but there's a, for a reason, bookies are a reason, there's a reason why bookies drive Bentleys, because they're usually right. So Rangers are, 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 are viewed as a superior side. They're in form. They won the title. They're 20 points ahead. They've got a manager. Well, so Celtic have got a three well, points. Celtic, Celtic have got a manager. Game. Celtic have well, got a manager. I mean, that's uh, you know slightly interim, disrespectful to John no, Kennedy. No, but the interim manager, they've got half a dozen he's still players. A manager. He's still a manager, but got a lot of players who won't be there in the summer. They know they won't be there in the summer. It's a whole upheaval coming in the direction. So I think it'd be a, a major result for Celtic to go there and, and beat Rangers. It'd be a, a bit of a sore one for Rangers to take. So that's, that's why I think the pressure is on Rangers to perform. Because if they don't and they get beat, it's a bit of a slap in the chops for them at a time when they're meant to be so superior. That's Michael, all. Michael, could you pick up, please, on the, uh, a point that, that Chris raised there regarding something John Kennedy said last weekend, that on their day, he still believes Celtic are the best team in the country. Is that the type of thing you would just expect a manager to say to lift his players? Do you think there's merit in that? He's been nice to he's been nice to his squad, but there's no evidence for that this season. I mean, it goes back to who 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 would you have in the team? I mean, unfortunately, at this point in time for Celtic, you would have to say the majority of the select team between both sides would be from Rangers, the entire back four and goalkeeper for a start. So you can't you can't really say that. I mean, Celtic can produce performances on their day. When these days have happened this season, they've been too too few and far between, which is why they finished twenty four points behind Rangers. But I think I think at the moment the stats don't lie. And I think listen, I don't understand why Kennedy said it because he knows that oh, come when, Celtic on, click, when Celtic click they can be good but I don't think well, you can well, say well, they're how, better than Rangers how can you understand how John said that because he's trying to he's not going to go out and say to his own squad yeah they're probably a better team than us what when they've won the league at a canter by 20 points they're not well, the what would you, what, is, what is, would you is, have said Chris what would you uh, have said in this position well, he he could still say that uh, Celtic have a good team, and on their day, you know, they they can perform uh, extremely well. But you can't. That's what I mean, he said. Well, the best team in the country, in, yeah. in, in the country, didn't he? Then that's a completely different thing to say. It's a ridiculous thing to say. I mean, first of all, it's absolutely not true. Everybody can can see that. I mean, it's it's slightly delusional. To say that now, you know whether Celtic fans like it or not. I think that you know everybody has to sit back and applaud what uh, what Stephen Gerrard has done at Ibrox this season. They've won the league easily. Celtic, it's been a woeful, woeful season. Just accept it, and that's what John Kennedy didn't do. Now Celtic still have a team who are uh, extremely capable. 
a team which haven't performed well enough this season. And on any given day, of course, they can go out and beat Rangers. But, you know, I, I can't. It, it was just a really daft comment to make to say that Celtic are the, uh, you know, still the best team in the country when they have been annihilated this season. I mean, that's up there with, with sort of Pedro Cashina stuff, isn't it? I mean, it was just, it was, it was an unnecessary comment. And uh, it may be a comment which actually motivates Rangers going into this game, you know, just, just to absolutely put one on Celtic. But I would, you know, I'd like to think that that wouldn't affect, uh, you know, uh, the, the Celtic team and their mindset. For Celtic, it's, the, the weekend game is to go out and to prove a point. And it's playing for, for pride. It's playing for the jersey. And, you know, in a one-off game, uh, you know, just, just showing that uh, that they are a good team. But they aren't the best team in the country this season. That's uh, that's plain to see. I was thinking that, Chris, if you were in that dressing room and you heard your, your rival saying that, that, that kind of comment, how would, you, how would that go down with you? Before you face them, would that motivate you? I would laugh. I'd laugh yeah. and laugh and laugh and laugh, and I just think it was it, it was idiotic. There's one thing backing your team, but you you know you have to you you have to um, accept that uh, you know what's happened across the city this season. They've been a good team. They've been better. They've been far more consistent defensively. Uh, they've been stronger. You you know you said a, a few minutes back. You know how many on the evidence of this season. You know, if you were to pick uh, the, the the strongest eleven in Scotland, you'd probably pick most of the Rangers players. And you know, I'm, I'm struggling to think of a Celtic player, even Edward, who you know, I'm a massive fan of, but he hasn't turned up this season for Celtic. I know people can look at his goals tally, you know, and he, he's improved, I think. But uh, you know, he's one of of many many players who have been. Substandard, and that's Celtic's uh, issue. Now, if if they turn up at the weekend and play to the level which uh, they, they've shown in previous seasons, then Rangers will be in for one hell of a game. I, I think James Forrest being fit is is going to be a big deal. It didn't look good when he limped off uh, against Livingston. I, I mean, you boys are in the know, but I mean, what's 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 the word on that? Is is James Forrest going to be fit? He was having checks over the first couple of days. It was more a precaution that he was taking off. But I'm still waiting to see how it all settles down. And that's so that, that's totally non-committal. I, I was hope, I was hoping for a scoop there. <laughs> I don't think they know. Yeah, I think I think it looks a struggle, doesn't it? It looks as though it's going to be tight. I think for him, just coming back from a long injury as well. So <laughs> come on, guys, come on. Can't give too much away, Chris. Can't give too much away. <laughs> Listen, I'll get back, gentlemen. I'll get back to the game and. The, what it means in the grand scheme of things looking ahead a lot of people think it's, it may have an effect on next season momentum and such like I'll get your views on that later on but just going through the actual game itself Michael as there certain areas it's been pretty obvious I think to everyone in the last two games that Celtic need to be more clinical at both ends of the pitch to, to get the job done is there any specific areas of the game where you think it'll be won and lost for Celtic? Yeah, I mean, weirdly, I mean, Celtic have played well in the last two, two games um, without getting results, which is, by the way, the result is the only thing that matters. Um, but Celtic have played pretty well, and for all, I do think Rangers have been better side this season. I think Celtic have given Rangers a problem in the way they've played. I must admit, before the, even the New Year game and the second game in March, I looked at the, the diamond formation that Celtic were going to play against Rangers. I thought that is dangerous against Rangers. I think the, the, the problems Rangers can cause down the flanks. I thought that, that formation was going to cause a, a real difficulty for Celtic. Turned out actually it was opposite. The way Celtic played it, the, the fullbacks were quite advanced, so it really packed out the midfield, like in a five man midfield against three in there. 
it cut it cut the Rangers front three adrift. It got started on the pitch and they meant they squeezed and the instinct Steve Davis couldn't get to build the game the way he usually would do. And I actually gave Rangers a lot of problems. And in both games, Rangers having a shot on target in the you know, Ibrox, which is the 1-1-0 with a, an, own, an own goal. Again, at Park, Parkhead, when Rangers got a goal back, a, a set play, again, Celtic's Kelly's heel. But the actual game itself, Celtic controlled it. And Rangers in the second half were quite happy. And they'd been playing in Europe on the Thursday night. They were probably quite tired as well. So they, they contained the game. Didn't you go and win it? That's different. So if Celtic play that way again, they're giving Rangers a problem how to how to beat Celtic that way. Listen, the caveat is Celtic, you know, at the back line, they're vulnerable, especially these set pieces and Dovey's and LeBron and Barisic and all that kind of stuff. But if Celtic do that again, that kind of, like I say, it's, it's not really, it's not really a, a 4-4-2 because the, the full-backs push in. It's a real packed midfield that they can dominate. But I think that area is, that's going to be key. If Rangers can get out and get beyond those full-backs, it's certainly got a problem because obviously kind of Kent can cause problems down the flank. You've got Aribo can, can get in there as well if he's playing. Um, did they go with Hadji? I doubt it. After the last time you get, kind of, he was one that cut a drift, wasn't he? The last time. Um, so it's, it's interesting. I think the middle, middle of parts is going to be the battleground, as it usually is in these games, I suppose. Chris, it's Michael's correct to point out the set piece problems of cost Celtic in both of the last two derby games. Um, it's four clean sheets in five games for John Kennedy since he came in. Do you sense that has been improved? And do you think that that's something that has that the levels have lifted? since John and Stephen McManus have gone in there or do you think it's more down to the level of opposition that they were playing against um, look I don't think we, you know, we can give John a, a, a kicking for that I mean things things do look like they've, they've improved but you know ultimately the pressure's off in the league isn't it because Rangers have already won it I mean we'll find out at the weekend won't we whether, whether Celtic have improved defensively it's been their Achilles heel now for a long long time and I think it'll be no different uh, on Sunday. You know, I do think that set pieces will have a large part to play in the game. Celtic haven't been good enough. You know, over over the years, it's been a strength of Celtic uh, this season. It's been a massive, massive weakness. And uh, and there's, there's absolutely no doubt in my mind that Rangers will be looking to exploit it. Simple get balls into the box because Celtic don't have enough dominant characters who, who want to go and attack the ball. And and these games are about winning. It doesn't matter um, uh, how pretty Rangers are on the ball, whether they make passes, whether they, they control possession. Steven Gerrard will be thinking, where are Celtic's weaknesses? And and it's it's plain to see that set plays are, uh, you know, have been a massive weakness uh, this season for Celtics, and, and they'll be looking to exploit that. At the other end of the pitch, Chris, um, you have spoke regularly, or you've spoken, I should say, regularly about Odson Edward this season and perhaps not quite the output that Celtic could have expected from him despite a reasonable enough goal tally um, you talk about exploiting weaknesses John Kennedy operated Edward off the left side in that last game and it seemed to attack the Rangers right back area and it certainly seemed to pay dividends, he created the goal for El Yunusi who's now Mohamed El Yunusi who's now got 19 this season for, for club and country and looks to be in good form. Are Celtic really due a massive performance in this game from Odson Edward and also do you think El Yunusi is one who can really come to the fore on, on Sunday? Um, well I think that, that Celtic argue a performance from, from Edward and you know he's uh, he, I think he's improved as the, as the season has gone on but we haven't we haven't really seen an enormous explosive performance in a big game and I think he owes it to Celtic 
this season. If um, this is going to be his last um, season at Celtic, then he wants to bow out on a high, win the game, uh, do something extraordinary, which we know he is capable of. Just this season, he has just seemed off the pace. He hasn't seemed at his best. I don't know what it is, whether his head has been turned, but he certainly owes it to the... uh, to the Celtic support and, and you know, and to the manager, um, you know, to put in a big performance. With El Yanusi, uh, I think he's flattered to deceive at times. And, you know, you've mentioned his goal tally for club and country. That surprised me a little bit, but he hasn't been consistent enough. And um, <laughs> I think he's been a disappointment, if I'm honest. Uh, you know, Celtic getting him back was a big deal. I was really excited <clears throat> uh, about actually that link up between El Yanusi and Edward at the start of the season because I think the previous season there were signs uh, in patches that, that, that their understanding was really exceptional but we haven't seen it enough and that's why Celtic have, uh, have, have languished behind uh, as far as the league is concerned but these, these two players have the opportunity as all the Celtic players do at the weekend uh, uh, to they're not going to make things right, but uh, to to finish the season uh, or try to finish the season on some sort of high. As Chris has suggested, Michael, it's probably just a tad too late for Mohamed El Yunusi to save your Scotland's Player of the Year prediction. Yeah, that went well. But does have a chance to save a trophy for Celtic this season? Would Would you see him as one of the main men if he's if he's really on it? Yeah, I do. I actually have a bit of sympathy for him. I don't think he was used um, properly at the start of the season. I think I think it found it difficult to find a system. Um, I mean, when Celtic went three five two, I don't think it suited him that that much. And I think I know he plays. He can play off the front, and he did it against Rangers last time. And I think he will do again this weekend. And he did it really well. But I think it's more about the, the energy he's got up there, and he can and he can harass. When you're looking at, I think Conor Goldson is the one he was harassing last time because um, Conor Goldson starts a lot of the moves for Rangers, and I think that that was a, a real key part of that game so I think he'll do that again um, and it does allow him to kind of get into kind of the forward areas when he, when he can turn the ball over so I think he is, he is an effective player um, I say I think he's not been utilised properly this year unfortunately for him um, I think he's better in the kind of the four two three one when he's a wide man but I can understand why they use him off the front and he is he's a goal scorer he scores goals and he creates goals but he's had opportunities, Mick, and he, he, he has to, to the level which we, we all would have expected. I agree, but I, I do think, listen, I think you're right, I think he's, uh, maybe he's a typical winger, that you get one good game, a couple of bad games and all that stuff, but um, it doesn't help him when he's, he's kind of shifting around positions, he's on the bench some weeks, he's playing up the front one week. Well, and well, well, yeah, but there's an argument to say if, if, it's, it, uh, if he had played well enough, he would have would have been a regular starter. The fact that he's he's been inconsistent, the trust hasn't been there, right? Possibly, possibly. But I think I think he's not the only player in that Celtic squad who have suffered because of the. Say, Michael, surely any official or part of the management team at Celtic would have signed up for twenty goals in a season from someone who's not an out and out striker. Surely oh. that comes across as a good return. And he's totally. going to get that. He's got 19 now and there's, and there's about five. Celtic will be hoping there's about eight games to go. Seven, eight yeah. games to go. Yeah, but I mean, there's, but there's, there's too many games that the first half of the season that it, it, it didn't have an impact in. Um, I mean, even the it's first goal, game. The big, should, it's should have scored in the big games. Yeah, I mean, should, should have scored know, a great chance to score on the first goal from game, I remember, as well. Uh, and put over the bar. And that was a great opportunity right early in the season that, that could have set the tone a wee bit. 
and the two 0 defeat. It's a tough one. big games. He scored. He scored against Rangers. He scored against AC Milan when no one could do it at the other end of the pitch. He scored two wonderful goals in Lille, and the defenders couldn't do their job at the other uh, end. Of the pitch. I mean, okay, listen, I may, just, I may just be picking at instances. I'm playing devil's advocate here. But... Yeah. Uh, right, I'll ask you, how, how, have his performances been uh, at a consistent level this season? No, they haven't. Have Celtic won any of these games, which he's, uh, which, you know, and you're quite right to throw that at me. I'd, uh, actually, you know, you brought back memories of the, the goals in Lille, which were, you know, tremendous. But ultimately... It's about uh, winning things and winning big games, and I, I just, I, I just think that the disappointment is, is that we know he has the talent, we know he is capable, but that he has just been, just been off it, and that, and that would be, look, he can put it right at the well, well, he's not going to put it right at the weekend because he was here to, to win ten, um, you know, as all the other players in the Celtic team, but as an opportunity at the weekend to, uh, to, uh, you know, to make things. Uh, a little bit better for Celtic. Does Celtic's midfield pick itself, Chris, of Scott Brown, Callum McGregor and David Turnbull, would you throw in any curveballs there or are they the three that have to start? Well, they're going to start, aren't they? I can't see anything being different at all. I think Turnbull's been decent in a in a Celtic jersey. McGregor makes things uh, tick and, and Scott Brown, I still think you know he's he's conditioned and will have a major part to play in this game. He's going to be the one, you know, firing the the, the troops up uh, going out there. He'll he'll be more disappointed than than absolutely anybody in the team the way this season has has faded out and, and will want to finish his Celtic career on a high. So th- this is the game, isn't it? I mean, you know, who cares about the the remaining league games. This is this is the tie, the one tie now which really counts this season, and it's important for him to finish on a high, and to to, to try and be lifting the cup at the end of May. Do you see that, Michael? Is it you know, Scott Brown having that type of performance and influence on Sunday, and ultimately getting his hands on the Scottish Cup again as a the fond farewell from Celtic? Can you well, see that? that? That has to be that has to be the same. Whether we can see or not, it depends on. Well, I think Sunday depends on Sunday. Um, he'll certainly be motivated. That's for sure. But he always is, so that's not going to change. Um, I think they go. I think they have to go again in the same team as the last old firm game. I think. I think um, the only question is, do you go with Laxalt over Taylor? Laxalt mm-hmm. probably his best game for Celtic against Rangers that day, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, the middle of the park. It's I mean obviously Turnbull, McGregor, and Brown. It's Christie against Forrest. If Forrest is fit, do you play Forrest or do you play Christie again? Maybe Forrest we get the nod if he's fully fit. I would probably maybe go with Christie because of the way that his um, ability to win the ball and get a quick pass from behind against that Rangers kind of um, back line. I think I, I think it'd be pretty much the same as the last time. I think I don't think there's any reason why to really change too much in it because of the way they played. Um, but I, I think that's the only two decisions really to be made on Saturday and Sunday. Chris, it was interesting to hear um, uh, yourself and Michael talk about the motivating of the troops. Just in a, a, in a, in a small aside, who, was the, who, who were the biggest voices in, in the dressing room you were in at Celtic? Who, who were the guys who really who really drove it before these games? Um, look, I think I think it was a collective, of course. <laughs> of course, the manager was quite important, Martin, Martin O'Neill, uh, in terms of the right tone to to get you up for the games but you know wanted you to play on the edge but not overstep the mark uh neil lennon was uh an extremely big voice but 
Um, you know, also, also the, the Swedish guys, Mialbi and Larsen, were quiet, but they were ones uh, when they spoke. You know, you listened to them very, very serious uh, and, and motivated. You had to leave the Swedish boys to the to themselves on the day that uh, you know of all the games. Really, they well, weren't. Did, ones you just, that, did, you, did, you, did you just leave them alone? Did they just do their own thing? Yeah, because they weren't. You know, some of us like to sort of be a bit more lighthearted to try and you know not think about the, the game too much or, or you know take your mind off the game. But you you know. If, if you tried to sort of banter with uh, Johan or or Henrik, then they'd, they'd sort of threaten to rip your head off. So we learned that at quite an early stage, just to, just to leave them to it. That was that was the sensible option. Learned that at an early stage, example. <laughs> um, Michael Stephen Wells, we talked about the Celtic defending this season. And obviously, young Stephen Welsh has been given the majority of his chance since the turn of the year. Um, he has been rewarded with a four-year contract this week for his displays. Do you sense that Stephen Welsh is one who Celtic will use next season regularly? Or do you think is he would still be more in the backup category? I know it's a difficult one to answer because you don't know the new, who the new manager is going to be and who and what he's going to want. But could you see Stephen Welsh and Christopher Julian, for example, being Celtic's partnership going forward? If I not, leaves, of course. Not in the short term. Not in the short term. Next season, no. I think they'll be. I think they'll be recruiting a couple of centre halves, um, experienced um, centre halves. Um, I think. Listen, I think Stephen Welsh came on a long way. Um, he's a lad. I've, I've, I watched him at the under seventeen Euros a couple of years ago. Uh, with Scotland and I thought he was good then um, and I think he, he's, he was raw when he kind of decided and he got through on, through on the lines didn't he in the, the first old firm game of the season that was a difficult start for him um, but in latter months I think he has played pretty well um, he's good on the ball he's good at, He's good building at the back he's um, maybe lacks a wee bit of height that's the only concern with Stephen Welsh in the modern game centre half when you look at I mean, Ayer, Ayer and Julian are both 6 feet 5 um, he's, he's he's a wee bit in the smaller side to get to get to the right top level. But then, what do you what do you mean the modern game there, Mick? Was it was just, it not important to be dominant years ago as well? Or no, but the olden days people were smaller, Chris. They just didn't get them get dropped, did they? <laughs> 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 What was the average height back in the in the olden days then compared to the <laughs> <laughs> yeah, five feet ten so the goalkeepers with the bar the barbecue they didn't get in touch a bar the goalies back in the days. Uh, you, know, you, know, you know what I mean? Michael, I, feel. I, I don't uh, no, I mean, listen, I don't think he's not he's not a big giant, is he? He's not a giant um at the back, which you sometimes expect your centre halves. Um but he's got he's he's got more physical as the season going on. He's obviously working in his, his physicality, but he hasn't maybe not got the height. But then listen, I heard the Cannavaro, so who knows? Maybe you said that doesn't doesn't hold you back. Chris Michael has just compared Stephen Wells to Fabio Cannavaro. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. just said he won't start the season. Well, Mick, <laughs> well yeah, and Mick uh, Mick's, Mick was saying that size isn't everything. Uh, he'd know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, what about weight? What about waist size, Chris? <laughs> He's been uh, look. I think he's done. He's done pretty well. I I, I think that uh, you know, if we're honest, it's 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 still a wait and see with him. See, Celtic. You know, the fact that they've tied him down shows that they have faith in him. Was he twenty one? Yep. Now, uh, you know, I think that that, that this is a, a, another really big test 
for him. I think that, you know, it's vitally important. If he plays well at the weekend, uh, you know, up against uh, Morelos, I think he reads the game very well. But I do I do take Mick's point about, uh, you know, is he dominant enough in the air? And, uh, and, and you know, we've already spoken about the uh, Celtic's weakness against set plays. Um, you know, so next season, whoever the manager uh, may be, then that, that will certainly be an area of concern. Uh, the fact that they will need dominant um, headers of the ball uh, defensively or, you know, all, 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 all over the pitch. It, 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 it's it's a vital part of the game and important. And, and you know, Stephen Welsh certainly isn't Bobo Boldy, is he? No, but as I know you joked about size isn't everything, but one of the criticisms that's been aimed regularly at Christopher Iyer this season is at six foot five, he doesn't get near anywhere near enough balls in the box at set plays. So, yeah, well, well I've, been, I've, been, I've, been, I've been saying this for years about Christopher Iyer for his size. When you actually think, at, you know, we, we're talking about defensive uh, set set pieces. When you think uh, attacking set pieces, I couldn't, I couldn't. Do you know what? Off the top of my head, I can't think of a header which he has scored from an attacking set piece uh, for Celtic in a game. And at six foot five, you think, blimey, really? I mean, you, you'll probably reel, because you boys know your stuff, you'll probably reel off six headers. But I can't, he, oh, he I should can't. be doing <laughs> far, far better. Well, Chris, Christopher Julian, for example, you know, you can think, you know, I can think of a couple of headers, you know, really attacks the ball well. Um, in the box, and that, that's something you know. It, it's such an important part of the game. Martin O'Neill was, you know, always very, very big on that because people throw crosses into the box, long throws at the end of, of a game. That's where you know, all right, Bobo Baldy at times couldn't pass a ball five yards, but if a long uh, throw came into the box in the ninety-third minute, then he'd be knocking people out of the way and uh, and coming to clear it. Um, you know, and that, that's the girls across the dressing room five yards. Well, <laughs> yeah, that was a, that was another strong part of his game as well. Yeah, uh, but but you know it 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 is so important. It, it, the memory of Celtic losing at Ibrox last time out after after being the better team from a you know no shots on target from Rangers a set piece. But do you know what? Did we did we actually expect something like that to happen? Yes, we did. Would we be surprised if something? Like that happened at the weekend? Absolutely not. I mean, it's Rangers will be, you know, Connor Golson attacks the ball exceptionally well, really, really well. And he's one that, you know, they've got to watch. Morelos, who, who wasn't particularly good in the last game at, the, at Celtic Park, got off the, you know, gets himself off the mark against Celtic, uh, you know, from a set piece where Celtic had, had, had played exceptionally well in the first half. Yeah. Lads, we touched upon this earlier. Um, I'll just move on to it briefly. There are various uh, thought processes and what a strong end to the season will mean for Celtic, lifting the Scottish Cup, winning at Ibrox on Sunday, maybe winning again in the league game. In the grand scheme of things and momentum for next season, do you think that it matters a great deal, Chris, or not so much because the slate's going to be wiped clean anyway? Uh, I think I, th- I think it matters. I think it would be a major shot across Rangers' bows to 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 just say, "Hang on a minute, all right, you've you know you've won the league, but you're not as good as maybe you think you are." To put that element of doubt 
in the mind of the Rangers players, the fact that Celtic have performed, you know, okay in the last couple of games against Rangers. But whatever anybody says, it's about winning. And I, I didn't, you know, look into the last game too much because Rangers had, had had to cope with European football. They, you know, their squad was stretched. They were fatigued. You know, that's the least you'd expect from Celtic. Um, the big picture is is Celtic have flunked it this season in the in the league. This would be a uh, you know a small victory, but uh, but the great war has been been won by uh, Rangers this season. Going into next season, a new manager will come in, um, and uh, and and things will have to change quickly. But we've you know we've discussed this many times because yeah. and, and Mick's touched on it you know already on the pod um, today that the fact that there's going to be such a big overhaul, it's going to be a totally different Celtic team. I expect at the start of next season, unless. You know, unless some very strange things happen, which which we all aren't seeing. You know, we've talked before about Edward's contract. We've talked before about Aya Christie. We talked before about the loans who were who were uh, going to be leaving, and and these players will all need uh, replacing. Michael, similar thoughts, or do you feel that the ten in a row failure has to? It's in the past now. People have to. Celtic have to look forward now and try and start building again. Would the Scottish Cup give them some sort of momentum? I think I think it I think it would in terms of positivity as well, in terms of support and all that stuff as well. And because I think I think I've touched on it at the start of the pod. It's like I think if Celtic can can put Rangers out of the cup at their own in their own ground this weekend and go on and win the cup, it just it just creates a wee crack in that kind of Rangers facade this season that, that they can't be beaten. I mean, Rangers have not lost a domestic game, all right, it's a month in the cup, but a domestic league game. Does the mirror not count? Mate? No, I, f- I forgot about them there for a second. <laughs> but they're unbeaten the league. They've done beautifully. But they're unbeaten the league, and, and even the last old firm game, the, the way they're kind of. They're kind of um, they're kind of framing it is that even when they don't play well they're still not getting beat and that was the way Celtic were if you remember even going back to the season last season when the Betfred Cup final the attitude was almost like we played so poorly but we still you still can't beat us Whereas, so that's now kind of turned a wee bit and it's now Rangers have that kind of superiority that they, they, even when they don't play that well they're still getting results against Celtic if Celtic can turn that around now and get to the end season with the, the cup on the, on the sideboard it just sets set we street a doubt in the minds of Rangers thinking well look, for all of the dominance they've had this year Maybe the gap isn't quite, like you say, isn't, isn't quite what they think it might be. Um, and Celtic will come back again next summer. They will strengthen. They'll have a new manager, new signings. And it's a lot of uncertainty what will happen, but they've got it. You got to assume they're going to be stronger next season. Um, so if Celtic can get away out of this this season with a win at the end of the year with a cup, it's uh, a bit of positivity for everyone. And like I say, it seeds, the seeds of doubt might be sown across the city. So it's important. Lads, we have to finish the podcast, obviously, by discussing the managerial situation uh, whatever briefly it's been spoken about ad nauseum um, obviously Eddie Howe main contender looks like if he's going to come it's going to be in the summer do you guys have any problem with that? Uh, well we're near the summer now aren't we? I mean I think we've been through the discussion where yeah. uh, if it was somebody who um, the, reason, the reason I ask Chris sorry to interject the reason I ask yeah. is that there are a lot of ex-pros saying at the moment well if, if he doesn't come now if it is Eddie Howe and he doesn't come now they should just walk away and go somewhere else would you be if would you be in that camp or would you be happy enough to think okay if he's a preferred candidate it's okay to wait till the summer um, well, this is all about. It's, this all seems to be about Eddie Howe's uh, negotiations. I mean, that you know, that seems to be where we're at. And you know, 
I think we would all agree that if we're all in Eddie Howe's position, what he's taken over, um, the the player turnover, what he's coming into, the the intense pressure which will be on him from the first second, if it is Eddie Howe who, who uh, sets foot at uh, at Parkhead, he wants everything to be right. There is you know question marks over who's going to be this uh, sporting director. Um, you know, Eddie Howe may want to say in that. Now, that is, I think that's highly unusual if he does want to say in that. But he's, but uh, as a manager going into the uh, into a new job, you're never in a stronger position than when you first go into that job. So Eddie Howe will want to uh, make sure everything is right, and and he's entitled to do that. Now, from the club's point of view, you know, there are two separate arguments here. Uh, you know, and I've said myself um, that that, that there was a strong argument that Celtic should have been getting someone in who wasn't in a, in a job when they knew that Neil Lennon uh, was going to leave. They should have made an earlier decision on Neil Lennon. But we have to look at it from from Eddie Howe's point of view, and and we would all be absolutely thinking the same. I'm I'm, I'm positive about that that he wants everything right because Celtic have finished twenty points behind their biggest rivals this season. They have been humiliated in the league. And we know that second is last in Glasgow. But th- this isn't going to be uh, uh, a quick fix, in my view. But Eddie Howe or whoever comes in will want to give themselves the best possible chance of fix it, fixing it. And that's why, in my view, negotiations are taking a long, long time. What, what, would, what would be the point of him coming in uh, this week and uh, Celtic end up losing to Rangers. Uh, no, I think no point. Then uh, you know, then he would he would be starting on a down. What what is the point yeah. of him? You know, I, I, I don't even know how many league games are left. I've sort of given up on the league. Uh, you know, three what? or four, four. There you go, four league games left. Um, you know, from afar, he could watch the games anyway and analyse the situation. But I think that you know. With the way it is now, there's, that's there's what no happens point in, in modern coming football, in. isn't it, Chris? That is what happens in modern football. You hear about it all the time. Guys know what's happening and they're already doing background work before the, the scalp is held above. Uh, and, 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 that happened in, and that happened in football in the olden days as well, that people <laughs> Michael, if we can, uh, Michael, if we could drag it forward from yesteryear, would you agree with most of the things that Chris said? I would, but I think more at the point where how that it's 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 more legalities and, and the finer points of contract details. I mean, listen, I think Eddie Howe will be at Celtic in the summer. I think I suspect he might be still in the wage bill at Bournemouth. And why pay four hundred grand to get him out early when the season's done? When he can be working in the background, maybe contractual. Oh, what do you know, Mick? I'm just saying. To, I'm, just, I'm surprising. Know, I'm only surprising, Chris. I'm only, I'm only having a. I'm, I'm, only, I'm just thinking that. I mean, that you can't. These these matters won't be discussed because it's contractual matters and they're, they're, they're highly private. Um, there's also mm. Richard Hughes' angle as well. Listen, Richard Hughes was a, was a, a Premier League technical director on a good wage wage as well. Well, you get that at Parkhead, but that's another part of the budget that Celtic maybe looking at that we didn't actually plan for. So there's wee, there's wee things in the background going on like this that um, that cost a lot of money, but Maybe in the longer term, um, we'll get ironed out. Um, really sounds say, like you're in the no, Mick. From I'm not. I'm, I'm, listen, I, I'm listen from uh, the, the word. The, the noises. Bournemouth? The noises. The noises coming out of Celtic is that are positive. This this is as close, or they're optimistic. All these kind of warmy, fuzzy kind of kind of phrases. Uh, I know Eddie Howe's agent came out last week and said that. Give us one of the but, phrases. 
I'm just saying optimistic. Optimism is the word that's getting used all the time about Eddie Howe. And I don't think that a panic at Celtic as there is in the support. Because the longer it goes on, you think, oh, he's going to knock it back, he's going to go to Crystal Palace, he's going to go there. I get all that. But it may be something simple on that. It may not why, be quite why, as... Why would he go to Crystal Palace? Because Crystal Palace, Roy Hodgson's on £4.5 million a year at Crystal Palace. That's why you go to Crystal Palace. Um, that'd be one of the do, reasons do why you go to Crystal do, Palace. Do you think it's just about money for Eddie Howe? No, I don't. I don't, because if it was, he would be going to Crystal Palace. Um, um, but in, in terms, in, in, you know, there's there's a big debate down south about, you know, Eddie Howe going north of the border to Celtic or should he go to Crystal Palace? Yeah. And, uh, you know, so I don't know where you stand on that, but if you're talking about size of clubs, uh, to really create an impact, then there's only one place where he's uh, going to go. Chris, uh, Crystal Palace. If they finish in the top half of the Premier League, you know it's a big, it's a big wow. Everybody's high fiving each other. You know where can he take uh, Crystal Palace from the, in, in in their current position to? And Crystal Palace aren't going to finish in a in a top six spot, as far as I'm concerned. He can take Celtic. The position Celtic are, uh, are in, they are uh, at a at a low ebb. They have they have nearly hit rock bottom this season, and the opportunity there to come, you know, similar to Martin O'Neill, actually. You, you know, you think about. I think it was 21 points this season before Martin O'Neill came up. I mean, this is an opportunity to. To really, I mean, he's got a good name, Eddie Howe, but to take his name into another stratosphere, I believe, if he uh, he goes to Celtic and turns it round. But that's a big if, because yeah, I, you know this this Rangers team are good. I agree, I agree with you, because I know, I know we're we're kind of a bit slightly biased, but not based up here. But I, I mean, I know the, the financial rewards of, of working for a Crystal Palace is, are greater. But Eddie Howe can it's not come all about money, Mick. No, no, this is what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. But what is what is the point of sitting back? Because Eddie Howe could walk into a Crystal Palace job in four years' time, um, regardless what happens mm. in, in Scotland, as, as Brendan Rodgers showed. Um, but Crystal Palace finished 10th. But, and so what? I mean, when where did Crystal Palace finish the last seven years in the Premier League? 11th, 10th, 15th, 14th, 13th. I mean, it's, it's who cares? Do you know what I mean, I mean, you don't sit back and twenty. Well, Crystal Palace fans care. They do, but if you're if you're a professional manager and sit back in twenty years' time and go, oh, how did you spend the two thousands? Well, I got Crystal Palace up to eleventh one year. It was a great season. Well, well big wow, like you say. I mean, uh, or do you go and you go to Champions League with Celtic and, and win trophies and all that stuff? I don't think I think it should be no competition. But I understand that it's, a, it's a, the, the, the trademark biggest league in the world and all that stuff, and there's a lot of money there. I mean, Eddie Howe's blew me away to find out Eddie Howe's last wage bill at Bournemouth in his last season was £108 million a year at Bournemouth. I mean, getting watched by two men and a dog. You think, my God, it's a different world. Um, so I, I can get I can get the, the, the gravitational pull of that, that league. But in terms of prestige and, and job, and listen, he can come to Scotland, do well, he'll still get a job like that in four, three or four or five years' time. As, as Martin Hill showed, as Brendan Rodgers showed, if you go up to Celtic, do a good job, acquit yourself well in Europe, which is, by the way, is the real playground for any manager. Never mind this ninth and tenth and twelfth in the Premier League. Go and do well in the Champions League. Take a few big guns down. Get to the latter stages of Europe League, or whatever. Then you will get noticed, like Stephen Gerrard doing at Rangers. So you'll get a, you'll get that job again. You get a four bigger or five job than Palace if, if he does. Well yeah, I agree. I totally agree. I totally agree. I totally agree because the pressures at Celtic and Rangers are, are far greater than the, the pressures at Crystal Palace. That's for sure. I mean, I know there's talking about investment in the team, but investment for what? To get into the top six in the Premier League, England, you're not even talking millions. You're talking happen. billions. Yeah. I mean, you look at teams like Tottenham, Arsenal. Everton throw money at it. They're all struggling to get into that kind of top four, top six. 
So it's, it's a glass ceiling in that, that league. And if you imagine outside that glass ceiling, I, I fail to see the kind of attraction, yeah. really, in the short term. So, so totally agree, Mick. I hope you're not uh, reporting on a Palace game in the near future, though. I mean, <laughs> you're just... More likely to be drinking in the Harwood yeah, Palace. No. Like... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm banned from there as well. Is that still there? I don't even know if that's still there. I think I'm still banned anyway, so it doesn't matter. But if he has real, if, if he has real ambition, Eddie Howe. We, I mean, of course, he's going to choose Celtic over Crystal Palace. Anybody can see that one. It's an easy one. Gentlemen, finishing the podcast on agreement. It really is unbelievable <laughs> stuff. Champions League podcast. They agreed in the olden days. That is very Guys, thank you very much for your time today. Much appreciated. Thank no you. problem, guys. Thank you. Uh, the Record Celtic podcast will be back next week to look back on events of the Cup tie at Ibrook. So thank you very much, everyone, for listening. Good luck. Mm-hmm.